themselves in their 50 rows wide and the hardest work I've done all day is climb inside if only my great granddaddy could see how this farming ain't what farming used to be Hi there, everyone. This is Braden and Tally with the Voice of My Beloved podcast. We have a special episode for you today. We're going to be talking about this new internship program starting up next year. Uh, let's give the exact date there. What is it? It is March 20th, 2023. We're going to be starting the Harp and Farm program. So that is what we are uh, talking about this episode of the voice of my beloved. And we have to give a shout out. So this song that we played is, um, (laughs) is called farming by brothers Walker and, uh, Cody Walker is actually the one that, uh, produced and recorded mastered our, um, our last album, the extravagant love album. So we got to know him over that time and they've got some, they've got some some winter songs there, but that's, that's one of our favorites. Farming ain't what farming used to be. <laughs> so. We're trying to reclaim that lost, <laughs> lost go, art of farming. <laughs> <laughs> want to go back to, uh, to the old ways of farming. Uh, so yeah. So, um, I don't know. We're going to kind of go through some Bible verses just, uh, that were an inspiration to us, uh, for this program, but do you kind of want to just give your, um, thought process, how this kind of came about. Yeah. So from a young, young boy, I grew up on the farm and it just looking back, it just feels like a great place to, to grow in a relationship with God. You're, you're, you're seeing God directly at work in creation, right? You're planting the seed. He's the one that's making it grow. Mm -hmm. There's just this relationship that we see that God even had with Adam and Eve, right? He said, you know, put him in the garden to tend the garden. Mm-hmm. And so there's this dynamic of seeking God, but also nurturing his creation, his creation right. together. And so there's something there that I feel like is really powerful together. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And so I just, I was impacted personally as a young man to grow up on a farm, to raise produce, to, you know, do all these things, milk cows and all that. Mm-hmm. And some of my most profound revelations of God were on the farm. Yeah. And so I'm just, I'm excited to see uh, another generation of uh, farmers raised up. And, uh, you know, as Joel Salatin, some of you may recognize that name. He's a well-known regenerative farming guy, but he says that the average age of the farmer in the United States is 60. And so that should be concerning <laughs> for people if they care anything about eating, you know? So, yeah. so, so there's a, a really ne- a big need to not only raise up farmers, but farmers who care about the land, who mm-hmm. care about the generations to come. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm excited to, to do this. Yeah. So it seems like uh, one of the first things that God really tasked man with was to take care of the creation. Right. And so, um, you know, it's something, uh, I think, especially just over the last like hundred years or so, we've just majorly done some experimenting on God's creation here and have seen some majorly bad effects. <laughs> and so, uh, so this program is going to be focusing on uh, regenerative farming and, uh, and then just working on the farm. Which defining have. regenerative farming for those that may be not familiar with that term. So it's basically leaving the land better than what you found it. Right. 
leaving it more nutrient dense, instead more of productive <laughs> and, you know, killing all of the animals and insects that are living in the area, <laughs> yeah. you're actually providing food for them and you're actually creating a good, a good system that works to right. uh, sustain life. Yeah. There's actually a way to farm that actually makes the land better and better every year. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome thing. So we're hoping to incorporate a lot of that onto the farm here as we work and stuff, but it's also going to be very educational, actually just learning about what these methods are and what's out there and what people are, you know, doing uh, and how they're learning uh, about this whole regenerative uh, farming idea. And also, um, you know, you know that uh, discipleship has been really big on, on Brain and I's hearts over the years. And we've had, uh, we've had discipleship programs and they've been month long, intensive study, uh, prayer, going through books, reading, uh, scripture memorization, uh, intensive, uh, courses, which have been really awesome. Uh, and they've gone really well, but what we're excited about is, uh, more of an extended discipleship program. And, you know, the, um, I believe it's the Proverbs that talks about like a young man, his glory is in his strength. And there's, I think a part of it that you're, you're as a young person, your mind is actually able to absorb more information if you're using that strength. And so coupling the, um, the discipleship, Bible study, uh, worship and prayer, coupling that with, getting out, working on the farm, putting that strength to use, um, for, for the young people, I think is, um, I think it's going to be a good, a good setup. And I, you know, I also want to just give my, for me, I grew up on a worship team at my church from the age of 12. And I would say that, um, connection, those relationships, uh, within my church and especially the worship team, uh, was a huge part of my informal discipleship. Uh, I feel like God really uh, worked on my life and kept me grounded through um, through that worship and um, through that community kind of of aspect of things. And so I think that uh, yeah, coupling these two things together, I think a lot of it is community. You know, today I think you know, as this song is talking about, you know, it's talking about this single guy in an air conditioned tractor, you know, doing 50 rows on his tractor. It's just not what it used to be. You know, farming used to be more of a community, uh, cultural, um, idea where people got together and they worked together. And that's kind of what we're, we're shooting for here is to just have a, a context where people can come together, learn, grow, live together. And, um, you know, we, we said uh, last year we had uh, this man, Brad Stroop, come in from a house of prayer, and he inspired our community to do these worship watches morning and evening. And so that's going to be a big foundational part of the program as well, having an hour of worship and prayer in the morning, hour of worship and prayer in the evening. And I, I'm sure you've heard us say that um, what he talked about was kind of like a singing seminary where it's not necessarily book work and teaching and reading and, and all of that stuff, but it's just like soaking in the presence of God, and which is such a, an important part of discipleship and really establishing our relationship with God. So this is what 
our vision is for the program is taking all these things and kind of tying them in together. And it's going to be our first year. So it'll be a fun learning experience for, for all of us. Not sure how many of you got to see it, but Sight and Sound just released the, their latest uh, show called David. Mm -hmm. And some of my favorite scenes are just seeing him out in the fields with his harp. Yeah. And it's just a powerful thing to think about. David was seeking God in the fields Mm -hmm. and seeking the presence of God, you know, he, and he makes these, some really profound statements in the Psalms. Mm -hmm. There's one thing that I desire and that will I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. And so just this idea of seeking God in the context, in the of context, creation. yeah, of mm-hmm. agriculture, of animals, of plants, they, it, it's something very biblical. Mm-hmm. And I believe that God, uh, you know, he can meet us anywhere, but I believe there's something special about relating to him within his creation. Yeah. Yeah. And David wrote about that a lot about how creation worships God. Right. You know, and I'm going to join that, you know, I'm going to join that worship. And if you sit and study creation, you just see how much glory it brings to the creator, how much glory, like how everything so beautifully works together and just shows how awesome it is. And, you know, especially when you're talking about regenerative farming, you realize how much progress, quote unquote, progress we've made as humans over the past hundred years in farming and fooding and whatever, (laughs) whatever else. And if you sit back and look, you're like, oh, wow, actually, we've really messed things up. <laughs> and so um, just recognize, it helps you, again, just recognizing how awesome God is in his creation and how he created things to work together. So yeah. so we'd like to look at a, a little bit, uh, just from a biblical perspective, on the importance. Firstly, we want to look at the, the harp side, the singing side, and then look a little bit at the farming side in Scripture. But here, Isaiah 24, verse 14 they shall lift up their voice. They shall sing for the majesty of the Lord. They shall cry aloud from the sea. Therefore glorify the Lord in the dawning light, the name of the Lord God of Israel and the coastlands of the sea from the ends of the earth. We have heard songs glory to the righteous. So here Isaiah, he has this prophetic view of the future. He realizes that in the ends of the earth, the coastlands of the sea, there's going to be this song that's going to rise up Mm -hmm. glory to the righteous one. And so we believe that we can be a little part of that here, you know, declaring the glory of God, glory to the righteous one. Also along that same lines, we got a verse here in Malachi chapter one, verse 11, for from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the nations in every place. Incense shall be offered to my name and a pure offering for my name shall be great among the nations says the Lord of hosts. So, this verse has been really impactful for me, just realizing that this is a prophetic declaration in the scriptures that there's going to be incense. We know in the scripture, the incense can also be likened to prayer. We see that in Revelation and also David. He says, let my prayer be set before you as incense. Malachi, he sees into the future. He sees a day when in every place, incense is going to be offered, a pure offering to God. And so as we worship, as we, as we embrace a lifestyle of worship, day and night worship, we're being a part of this prophetic promise, really, that, that God speaks of, that in all the nations there's going to be worship that rises up to God. Yeah, and this is also just one of my favorite things, too, is I love how it says, you know, in every place and from the ends of the earth, 
they shall sing, you know, from the sea, they shall sing, you know, it, it doesn't really leave room for people opting out of worship. And uh, it's been one of my kind of passions in life. Like, you know, we've kind of bought into this whole idea that you have to be like really talented and really special to engage in worship. Otherwise you should just sit back and observe and kind of, you know, and so I, I just love, um, you know, the whole idea of engaging in singing. I, I believe every person has been given a voice and God loves to hear it. I know that certain people are more gifted in it. You know, I, I won't deny that. But, um, but I think there's a place and a space for every person to sing and, and use their voice to glorify God. Um, but then also just in engaging in the music and stuff. And so that's going to be a big part of the program as well is um, just singing together and um, being on worship teams. We're going to have actual music lessons, uh, just learning the basics of music, maybe a simple guitar, you know, simple guitar chords that you can play a worship song with and you can lead a, a worship set. Um, so that's going to be a part of the program is, is learning actual music and, and how it works and, and doing it, actually singing and playing with, with people. Yeah. It's one of my favorite passages here, Ephesians 5, 19. It says, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So Paul's saying, be filled with the spirit. You need to have the spirit of God in your life. And basically he's answering the question of how you, how you're to be filled with the spirit is that you need to be singing, singing psalms, hymns, spiritual mm -hmm. songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. And then there's a companion passage in Colossians 3.16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So here, again, it's let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You want God's word to be dwelling inside of you. And one of the ways that you do this, according to the scripture, the scripture right here is that you sing it. Mm -hmm. You want the you want the truths of God's words to be in, on your inside, yeah. And so singing them really helps. Yeah, I can tell you, Braden takes these passages seriously too, because he loves singing scripture songs to people. <laughs> he's he's taken that on. He'll leave messages and just sing people a scripture song, and <laughs> but it's a great thing because it you know how many of us actually you know take that on, sing it, let's sing to each other, you know, but it shows just how important it is, you know, to be singing the word together and singing and encouragement and worship and just like what a powerful tool that is. Right. So. Amen. So that's the harp side, the singing side. Now we want to jump into the farming agricultural side and let's look at a few scriptures here. So Genesis two fifteen, it says the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. So this is what we mentioned before. This is God's task for man, first job he gave him was to tend the garden, mm -hmm. be a gardener. So that's, that's very significant. Mm -hmm. uh, Genesis 26, 12, it says, and Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him. So we see Isaac was a farmer. He got a hundredfold increase. That's a lot. That's a whole lot. You plant <laughs> one bushel of wheat and you get a hundred bushels back. That's amazing. So, but this is, a sign of God's blessing that his crops were blessed. Mm -hmm. And then we see Isaac blessing Jacob. Isaac was a man. He seemed that he loved the earth. He loved, he loved the ground. Uh, one, an interesting note on Isaac is that he actually never left the land of Israel. Uh, the other two patriarchs, uh, 
Jacob and Abraham, they, they spent a time outside of the actual land, but Isaac, he stayed in the land. He, he, he must've had a great love for the land. Mm-hmm. But Genesis 27, 27, it says, surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field, which the Lord has blessed. Therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. So here's Isaac's blessing on Jacob. He's blessing him with produce from the ground. And so this is kind of a, it's a biblical framework. It's a biblical mindset to think in terms of agriculture. You know, as, you, as I'm blessing my children to be like, you know, I have a son named Zephaniah. Zephaniah, may you be blessed. May all of your tomatoes grow great. And <laughs> may your sheep have, you know, Twins. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit different way of reckoning things the way we see people speaking blessings, even in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then we look at Jacob and he was greatly blessed. His father's blessing actually came to fruition in his life. Cause you know, he goes to Laban and his flocks are, are really being blessed. Just like Jacob had, uh, or just as Isaac had blessed him. So now we look at uh, Moses' blessing for Joseph, Deuteronomy 33, 14 says with the precious fruits of the sun, with the precious produce of the months, with the best things of the ancient mountains, with the precious things of the everlasting hills, with the precious things of the earth and its fullness. So here, Moses, he has this agricultural blessing for Joseph in the scripture, that his, his uh, crops will be blessed. And then we look at Psalm 50, verse 10. It says, for every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle, cattle on a thousand hills. So here, the psalm is describing how rich God is, and it's describing him in terms of how many cows he has. Mm-hmm. And so it's just an interesting, it's an interesting there again, the scripture, how rich you it are. thinks in, it thinks more in terms of animals as being a sign of wealth right. and less in terms of money. Mm-hmm. You might, I mean, as far as like, at least the way we reckon money today, especially paper money, right, right. Um, you definitely have gold and silver in the scripture, but uh, we just see, you know, God himself is being described as being just having all this wealth and he's got a cattle on a thousand hills. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 27, 34, be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds for riches do not endure forever and a crown is not secure for all generations. So here we're encouraged, be, be aware of how your animals are doing, you know, and it's something uh, we want to learn. We want to learn how to take care of the, the livestock, be, take, to give careful attention to the herds. Yeah, this is also just giving the importance of, you know, it's, I think in America, just, you know, just being spoiled. Um, there's such an abundance of food. And you just, I mean, for us, like, I think in America, I, I forget the percentage of how much food is even wasted, like just thrown in the trash right. in America. And it's really a disgusting, <laughs> a disgusting uh, culture that we've created, food culture here. But, um, but yeah, if you know how to, if you know the conditions of your flocks, you've got flocks, you've got gardens, you've got food, you know, it's like all these other things, you know, the riches, you know, the, the importance, how important your position, all of that won't matter if you're starving. Right. <laughs> so this is something that you need to, you know, really understand is where's your food coming from? And I think as you recognize where your food comes from, uh, like you said, with, with David, you realize how you need help from God. Like, right. because a farmer realizes, you know, it's not a controlled environment. This is like, uh, there's, you know, like this says, there's blessings of God and you're dependent on rain. You're dependent on, you know, 
animals being saved from predators. You're, you're dependent on, on all of these things. And I think it really puts, um, there's a humility that comes with that when you realize, you know, because when you've got like riches and power and a position and all of that stuff, you can have this facade that you're in control. I don't, I don't need anything else, you know, but as soon as you starve for a couple of days, you know, it's, it's a humbling thing. And so, you know, if, if there's, there's that, um, that beautiful, uh, dependence on God that comes with when you grow your own food and when you, you know, raise your own animals. Yeah. A few more verses here. I got Job 12 verse seven. It says, but now ask the beast and they will teach you and the birds of the air and they will tell you or speak to the earth and it will teach you and the fish of the sea will explain to you who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this and whose hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. So this is Job speaking. And this is a fascinating passage. I can't say I've ever really noticed it before as I was reading through the scriptures, but it's saying, you know, ask the earth and it'll tell you that there's a creator basically, right. you know, this is the one, the, the God is the one, he has the breath of all mankind mm-hmm. in whose hands, the life of every living thing. And so Job seems to be encouraging his friends that he's talking to here that, you know, as you relate to nature, you're understanding that, yes, you know, as Romans talks about, says, you know, that the creation itself bears witness that there is a creator. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I love what uh, one guy, he said, when, whenever you see a building, you don't, you don't have to, you don't um, believe that there was a builder. You, you know, there was a builder. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, it's interesting. Uh, just that parallel. Or you see a, a, a painting. You don't have to work up faith, uh, you know, to, to believe that someone painted that painting. You know that someone painted the painting. Right, right. And so just how it's just self-evident that, yes, we see creation and, yes, there, we know there's a creator. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's what Job seems to be uh, encouraging here. Last verse, 1 Kings 4.29, And God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand on the seashore. So we know that this is what Solomon asked for. He asked for wisdom. What I want to point out here is it's very interesting to me what he gets wisdom on. Uh, look at verse 33. Also, he spoke of trees from the cedar tree of Lebanon, even to the hyssop that springs out of the wall. He spoke also of animals, of birds, of creeping things, and of fish. <laughs> I mean, this is uh, just shocking, isn't it? Or amazing that here <laughs> Solomon, God give me wisdom and God, the divine wisdom that God gives Solomon is about nature. Nature. Yeah. It's just an amazing thing. An amazing thing that God is very much connected to mm-hmm. his creation. Mm-hmm. And, and when he gives us wisdom, it can be on these lines of how do we raise vegetables? How do we tend to animals? And so, mm-hmm. With the program, you know, these two things, as we mentioned, uh, harp and farm, the, the importance of music, uh, the importance of singing the word, of memorizing the word. We, you know, we've been in Israel a lot, and this is how the Jewish people have maintained their identity over centuries is by singing the word. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have, you know, whole books of the Bible memorized because they just sing it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we want to be those that are uh, so, uh, you know, ingrained or so uh, filled with the word that this, our lives are transformed by that. So the importance of singing, the importance of worship, of cultivating a relationship with God, and then going out into the fields and, you know, getting exercise 
tending to to the plants, tending to the animals. So mm-hmm. if you're a young person out there and, and you're interested in, in these things, then uh, get, give us a call. You know, write us an email. Uh, we would be glad to talk to you if you have more questions about the program. But uh, we're, yeah. we're looking forward to, to all that God has in store for this. Yeah. Yeah. I was just also just thinking about um, just all of the spiritual leaders that God you know, points out in the Bible, you've, you've got so many people that spent such a good portion of their life tending sheep, you know, shepherds being out in creation, like you said, with David and stuff, but there's so many others, Abraham and um, just so many of them where their life, you know, was a part of this whole agriculture and being in creation and just, you know, how that created that place of dependence on God to bring them to the point where they could walk out and do these amazing things that God called them to, to walk out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would just say it to, uh, you know, our, the work that we've done in Israel, uh, they're, you know, what they're doing over there is regenerative agriculture as far as taking land that's barren and desolate and building it up to where it's usable and flourishing and um, the greening tree, um, the, or the greening Israel project in uh, that Hayavel has been been doing, or they're raising uh, money to to plant these indigenous uh, trees in Israel because these areas, you know, that are totally desolate rocks, um, they're they're planting trees, and and that's how you build up the land as you establish these these um, these these trees and then, and then the rain comes after that, you know, once you get these trees established and stuff. And it's, it's just such a, a neat concept to just see that, you know, how God, um, there's always a room for restoration. And I think that's such a beautiful picture too. Like as much as humans have destroyed uh, parts of the earth and have destroyed Israel, especially the land of Israel, that God still has underneath that you'd look at it and think there's nothing here, but underneath that, it's like, wow, there's a place here for restoration. There's a place here for God bringing life to a place that looks dead. And it's a, um, it's a pretty awesome thing. So anyways, yeah, uh, go to the website. If you're interested, uh, more information, uh, you go to the loveandpurity.com. There's a Harpen Farm website on there. Uh, you can fill out a form and just get to talk to one of the instructors. We've got a whole bunch of instructors that are really excited about this program and wanting to come and be a part of it. Um, music teachers and forestry teachers and uh, earth, uh, what's it called? Soil science <laughs> guy that's that's here locally. And everyone's really excited about this program. So I think it's going to have a really neat um a, a neat influence by all of these, all of these teachers. Um, there's a one month program, a three month program and a seven month program runs from a little bit before, uh, Passover to the end of Sukkot. So, um, yeah, go check out the website give us a call and, uh, yeah, be blessed. We're excited about it and hope that some of you will come and join us next year. This is the voice of my beloved podcast, where we believe that hearing and following the voice of the bridegroom king leads to the most abundant and joy-filled life. Used to be. Oh, my money spent on fees for technologically manufactured seeds. I sprayed fields. Got sick for weeks, making nervous and resistant weeds. When